Hey everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. My name is Matt, and joining me on the cast today is my one and only co-host, the opinion that you wanted, Miss Tiffany B. Haha, <laughs> it's official. Hello. It is a whole 15 of you, which I can only assume that's about <laughs> like 90, 90%. That's all of our fans. Yeah, it's a lot of fans. A majority of you have voted in the guild for who is the opinion that you wanted, and it's Tiff. And since that's Dan's nice. not here, I will not admit to my role, and I will say that he is the other. <laughs> if you're not here, you're the other. Yeah. I think that's fair. I have to fill the needed role, so we'll see how I do. In case you don't know where to find us or who we are, you can do so at Facebook. By searching for the League of Nonsensical Gamers, feel free to shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. If you want to join in on the quiz that Dan Licata has put up, voting on whose opinion you want and need and the other, you can do so at the BGG Guild number 2077. I could really use some votes in my favor, people. Don't don't be afraid. Uh, you can also... Are we campaigning now? Yeah, it's like class president. I, had, uh, had I checked the guild, I would have known. Wow. <laughs> All right. I'm working on Lesson a BGG learned. ad to go to <laughs> to go to our guild and vote for me. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter and Instagram. We'll talk about those handles at the end of the show, so stay tuned for that. All right, so as I said, this is Boardcast News for September 1st. Welcome to September. And we are going to start the show with a bit of an announcement. If you listened to last episode, you know that the n- next episode we're having, our next full episode, is going to be our two-year anniversary of the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. Tiffany B., what have we been doing for two <laughs> whole years? Not sure. We're like a toddler age. We're in our terrible twos now. We are. We're going to get a lot whinier. <laughs> A lot needier. Is that even possible? Well, okay. we'll see. I went back and listened to some of the older episodes just for fun. I was I was doing some fun stuff with those. And it, it seems like it went so fast. Some of our episodes. <laughs> two years? Yeah. I mean, some of our episodes like in the 20s and 30s are just feel so recent. Like we just had those conversations. It's like. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Either that or Dan makes fun of our game tastes so often that they just all start to blur together. It, it could be that it too. It might be that. So we are going to have a fun two-year anniversary. I am declaring that it will be fun and enjoyable, but what we need is your participation as a listener, because we are going to be doing another live show, something that we've tried in the past. We're going to experiment one more time uh, and see how it goes, and we are going to do that through Google Hangouts, and we are scheduling that right now for September 3rd at 11 a.m. So that is the Saturday after you're listening to this. You need to tune in and have a Saturday midday episode with us it's, it's like watching wrestling after saturday morning cartoons is that a Think thing of it that way that was a thing they had wrestling you mid-day. wouldn't know yeah oh. like on sa- after saturday morning cartoons would be wrestling it was great that's fair i mean it's wwf school just started so you know the extracurricular activities haven't started up no one's got sports practices yet right <laughs> football is not in full no, swing yet they do they do no Have, not yet yeah, yeah no definitely all right drop your kids off <laughs> Come back, download the Google Hangouts app, or, well, don't do that, because then you'll be in the show with us. Get on YouTube. That might be fun. And find us. Just have some random (laughs) listeners. Um, And one thing that might help you, in case you do want to join in for the live show, and join in the chat, and have some fun watching it as it's recorded, because I think the best part of joining in live is seeing how much we change between (laughs) the recording and the, the posting. Uh, if you subscribe to us on YouTube and you subscribe to alerts, when we make the event and we go live, you'll get uh, you'll get alerts and you'll know when you know one click away from joining us live on Saturday. So that show is going to be a good show. We have a, 
our top of the stack for August planned, which means that I have three games that I need to play before that episode is due, because Dan owns them Mm -hmm. all and I do not. Uh, We will do a big old keep trade burn. I'm going to create a dedicated thread in the Board Game Geek forum to post some keep trade burns. Just throw three games up there and make us deal with them. Uh, There were some fun ideas for some live keep trade burns that involve fire and don't involve fire. We're not going to do those. (laughs) We're not going to... But thank you. We're not going to burn games, uh, but we do want to, you know interact with your submissions so feel free to post on there Uh, we've got a great question that has to you know wraps into the two-year anniversary and then tiff has a wonderful idea to have some fun with dan and since he's not here there's no one to object so we're gonna have a fun little segment (laughs) for dan uh that hopefully will come come through well on the live show so that is our big announcement for that two years we made it 50 plus episodes upwards of 80 actually uh so join us for that we'd love to have you and uh yeah so let's let's get into some news tiff how excited are you for all of the post gen con stuff um moderately excited that's actually more than i thought you were gonna say because there is not a whole lot going on post gen con aside from the 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 spiel i almost said aside from the spiel news because essen is coming up and that's yes. cool and the essen the list is up there we talked about that on the previous news episode check it out see the games that you're interested in but other than that not a whole lot happening we're in a lull again I, <laughs> yeah but these things some of these things aren't too bad oh no i don't think any of these things are bad but what we have is we have a whole new segment full of game announcements and other than that no one's been buying anybody nobody's done anything crazy um well, that can't happen all the time jeez have, have you ever watched fox news it happens all the time <laughs> they're just repeating the same two stories in different words every 10 seconds oh well why don't we do that let's do it all right so asmo day bought some right people now? isn't that crazy no <laughs> Happened a year ago, but it's cool. Let's keep talking We're still about talking it. about it. No, we are. How do you think that's going to impact the industry, Matt? We are up to date, Tiff, which is not always a good thing. We're on the cutting edge. Yeah. And sometimes right. that edge is too thin. Let's jump Tell in. Tell me about some game announcements. First up from Yellow, we have some news about King of Tokyo and King of New York. They have announced, uh, Yellow has announced that they will be releasing monster packs that cater to both titles simultaneously. And they will be uh, basically called the monster pack, and then the name of the pack will be the name of the monster. So the first one up is Cthulhu, of course, because the one thing that the King of games don't have is Cthulhu. How do you... Oh, Richard would be so happy. (laughs) So now they officially come full circle. They have Dice and Cthulhu, so everyone will want to play them. To be fair, think, the design looks cool. I think these are a long time coming, right? Like when you when you first started playing King of Tokyo, you thought there would be more monsters just coming out all the time. At least that's how I felt. Yeah, yeah. And I like this they better than... They did that Halloween one. They did do the Halloween one where you got some cool like the pumpkin guy and things like that. They also have their promo monsters that you could win in conventions and things like that. Uh, I like this better than them re-releasing King of Tokyo every two years with whole new monsters. Yes. Right? that is good so i i think this is cool i think that it it's going to cater to the collector as someone like you tiff who i'm gonna spend so much money okay that answers my question because (laughs) you play this with the kids still yeah so it is it does interest you it does interest me i think the kids get a kick out of the different monsters i almost always play as the king yeah so 
I can probably live without all of this. Now, do you- I like to be a paradox. I play as the king, but I play very passive, very defensive. Oh. Yeah, see, it fakes everyone out. Wow, Tiff, you're so deep with your King of Tokyo play. That's my King of Tokyo strategy minute. Yeah. Do you play King of New York ever? I have it, and we've played it at Board Game Club a couple of times. I think it's the kids like King of Tokyo better when they <laughs> compare them, but uh, I do like King of Tokyo or uh, King of New York. Okay, so the fact that this comes with both cards for both games does still work Smart. for you. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I think it's a good idea. I like that they did that, so you don't have to buy it twice or pick and choose and things like that. And it makes me feel like okay, these games are fully fleshed out now. You know, like. They had those promo characters that they have, but they didn't have the power-up cards and things like that. Now that the games are fully fleshed out and they have both games, now they can release these monster packs and it'd be interesting and it can spice up your game because Lord knows we play a lot of King of Tokyo. So new monsters, new powers, let's do this. The other game coming out from Yellow is called The Mysterious Forest. And this was not previously talked about on the show, but it has been um, kind of talked about by Yellow before, but now the full game announcement came out. And this is a 10 to 15 minute adventure game. And why that doesn't sound necessarily exciting off the bat, um, this is the first title in Yellow's dedicated children's game line. So typically Yellow is catering to a family that includes children. This is a game simply for children, uh, which is kind of cool. And the way that the game works is there's three phases and you're gonna be helping the uh, lead character through the three phases trying to adventure, uh, gather equipment, and then confront an evil kind of boss at the end. Uh, it seems like it plays, plays pretty quick. It's got a couple different mechanisms into it. Helps introduce your kids to you know drafting and some of the decision making that comes into uh, you know planning through these adventure style games. So it seems pretty cool. And as someone who's on the verge of starting an elementary school game club. This is the kind of title that interests me because it's a little bit more advanced than like the the Haba games, which tend to cater to um, a few years, you know, right below grade school level and and in there in the mix. This game seems to fit firmly into like five to to nine year olds and that they can play independently. So it seems really cool. I'm I'm interested in it. Yeah, it's a little below what I have my game club for, so not as interested in it, but it's cool that they're catering to that age group. Yeah, and it also is cool that it has the yellow polish because that's you know one of their biggest things is their design. Everything that they put together is really clean looking, and um, I like the idea of having some kids' yellow games that don't come in bright yellow boxes. That aren't actually yellow? <laughs> yes. Is that what you're trying to say? Like Hava games are. So, And I, I love the Hava games, and they obviously have a lot of appeal, but it's nice that there's another game line that you can lean on if yellow expands this. Agreed. So, moving on from Yellow, next up is Asmodee, and one of Asmodee's big hits of Gen Con. You know, I asked what was going on with Gen Con, and while Citadels was kind of being pushed a lot, and they had some other titles, Inus was kind of a, a sleeper hit. Like, no one knew it was going to be there, right? Right. It was a surprise. Yeah. I, I didn't know anything about it when I saw it in the display case that they had out. And so. this is a carryover um, or a continuation from the Matago line that Asmodee works with. And it's not, I don't think it's directly related, but it's in the line with Kemet and Cyclades. So this is another area control game. 
and it's actually pretty cool looking like I'm interested in it they had a game day at our game store and I missed out on trying it out but and this game looks interesting to me primarily because I like this end game that that the game introduces so it is an area control game and it's got this fantasy Celtic kind of theme to it I mean it's not you know classic fantasy it is more along this the Celtic line um, but the the end game mechanically you're playing towards winning conditions, but as players achieve winning conditions, if you hit the end game and other people have also hit end, uh, winning conditions, you don't end the game. You keep playing until somebody is the sole winner, which I think is kind of interesting. No ties in Inus, which I am all for, because tiebreakers are notoriously janky. That is true. It'll be interesting to see what they've done to keep the game from lasting forever. Exactly. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, you know, thinking about... I don't know if it's comparable to Cyclades or Kemet in terms of trying to fit that end game into those games, um, but it, it's a good point to think about game length and how is that going to play out. I assume it must be easy or at least kind of swingy. You, you should be able to push other players around a little bit with some ease, I, I would assume. Um, I think that's what it has to be. If it's not, that wouldn't be good. So, you know, just to talk about how the game is actually played, it, it has some exploration, though it's not like a 4X game. It's more like moving out into new territories. Um, you do set up what they call temples or sanctuaries, which are your footholds on the map, and then you're fighting, typically through card play and things like that. So... It feels like it should be in that line, but it's got this new spin on it, and I think it looks pretty cool. It's got a the t the way the tiles are designed. Um, it's got a very, uh, I guess, organic kind of feel. Like it, it looks like the colors are muted, sort of. Yeah, it, which for an Asmo Day type of a thing. That's true. Honestly, you know what it, you know what it looks like. It looks like Hyperborea, but. <laughs> This is Matt's new Hyperborea. Do I dare speak that game? It's got kind of the, it, it doesn't look like Deus, but the way that Deus kind of did unique tiles and how they fit together, this has another, it's really just like three hex tiles in a triangle, but they've broken the borders so that they fit together differently and they can, the, the board can grow a little bit more naturally, I think, which is cool. You know, I, I like the design of the game and it sounds interesting, though I haven't gotten a chance to really dig into gameplay too, too much. That's one that I'm keeping an eye out on. The other one that I don't need to keep an eye out on because I'm buying instantly is the expansion for Seven Wonders Duel, which is a wonderful two-player game. There's a review on our site. Uh, this is called Seven Wonders Pantheon, and what it does is it basically mimics the leader's expansion for Seven Wonders, if you've ever played that, which essentially adds in um, special character cards that give you abilities. Some are single-use, some prolong over the game. In Seven Wonders, you draft those round-to-round. Here you'll be able to um, grab them at different areas or phases during the game, and they'll give you different bonus powers like extra science or protecting you from losing military victories, things like that. Um, it adds an extension board onto the game, gives you these temples that you can complete if you have the corresponding god. So it feels like more Seven Wonders just kind of fit into that two-player format, but they did so well with the base game that I can't imagine this isn't going to be equally fantastic. I still haven't played that one. Really? Yeah, I know, right? Oh, Tiff. <laughs> I, I mean, you're not a huge two-player gamer, I know that, but this really is a quality two-player game, and it does two-player drafting so well. Yeah, I know. I, I've been meaning to get around to it. It's just that I don't have as much, like, fire for two-player games. That's understandable. 
Well, then I guess our next game from Renegade Game Studios, The Blood of an Englishman. Does that interest you at all? Because this is also two-player. It does. It does. I okay. know it's two-player, but like the theme, I love that theme. So this is a One wonderful One of my favorite theme. cartoons when I was little was Mickey, Mickey and the Beanstalk. Oh, yeah. In Disney. So I just like have a soft spot in my heart. Well, if you look at the art which i think is really fantastic this game's got a great Amazing. look to it yeah great look to it uh it's not mickey and the beanstalk <laughs> no i know it's it's serious it's a pretty gritty looking i love that they took it there like it's that fairy tale thing but it's scary yeah it's scary the way fairy tales should be exactly exactly so if you haven't pieced it together this is jack and the beanstalk themed which sounds ridiculous at first glance but it actually sounds like a really interesting game so two players one player plays the giant and one player plays Jack. And this is a card game from the designer of Arboretum, which is, wow, my brain starts sparking because that's a very thinky game. I assume that this is going to be an equally thinky cerebral game uh, where the giant is trying to arrange his fee-fi-fo-fum cards and Jack is trying to complete three beanstalk cards uh, which allow him to steal the various objects that he went to steal from the giant. So these asymmetric goals you're competing back and forth and it just sounds super interesting. I'm very excited for it. I think this is one that if I saw it in my game store I'd probably just immediately pick it up just to see what they did. Yeah I think this is probably going to be an instant buy for me so we will see. I think so too. (laughs) But have you been playing any lanterns lately, Tiff? I was thinking about lanterns the other day because we were, we were looking for a shorter type game and I saw it on my shelf and I almost picked it up. But no? No, I had I bought games at Gen Con and I'm determined to get all of them played. So I, I was like, okay, I want to play lanterns right now, but I'm going to have some restraint and I'm going to play a brand new game because that's what I do. All right, well, I can't knock that then. So the Emperor's Gift expansion for lanterns has been announced and coming out early next year. And uh, the reason why I ask is just because everyone is still playing lanterns, which I think is fair. It's great. It's, That's why. It's a solid game. And what this is going to do is it's going to add new tiles, which will give you a new currency and allow you to activate what they're calling emperor powers. So just more to interact with. So you're taking that kind of simplistic gameplay of tile placement. Simplistic, but thinky. Uh, it yes. won't amends a select. I mean, come on. And just adding a new layer to, to handle. So pretty cool. I think that this is sounds like one of those smaller expansions that enhances a game that's already pretty solid. So they're not doing anything I too crazy. Insta-buy. Insta-buy. Okay, Tiff says. Moving on. Moving on. The From Cosmos, Legends of Andor Part 2 is going to be available. It is announced. So this is an expansion to Legends of Andor, which is a very popular, co- uh, fully cooperative board game, fantasy-based And this sounds really cool to me. I still haven't gotten to play my Legends of Andor, which is not good. Well, now you have some motivation. Exactly, because this, although there's two other expansions, too, that I need to deal with, but... Yeah, but this one's nautical, and I know you're into that. I love it. I love it, Tiff. I think this is so cool, because basically, thematically, you've been called, your adventurers have been called to help in another land, so you hop on a boat, and you start traveling the high seas, and what you have is four legends, which are their missions, um, all involving, like, the boat and the travel and things like that, so you're fighting sea monsters, and you're fighting off storms, like, I just keep thinking about the Odyssey, and things like that, like, I'd love to encounter some of those challenges, so it sounds super Super cool, but again, I need to play the base game first. So well, you better put that on the top of your stack then. Well, for next 
for next time. Yeah, what, top of the stack is not going to be pretty this month, so we'll see. It might be the only thing I put on the top of my stack. All right, next up is from R&D, and I really wish Dan could be here today because like, this is one of the things that I wanted to talk to him about because from R&D Games, Key to the City London is a new title that is essentially Key Flower with a London theme. You're building... When I saw this, I immediately thought it. Yeah, you're building a borough of London using the tile placement and bidding system similar to Keyflower. It's in that line, but it's not an expansion. It's it's a separate game. And I, I he loves Keyflower, and he spent so much time in London. He loves going to Europe. It's one of his favorite places. I'm so bummed he's not here to express his dull and muted excitement. But here, let's <laughs> let's try. I would probably buy this game. Is that good? Is that right? Is that how Dan sounds? That's pretty good. In my head, that's how he sounds. You need a quip about... I'm not good with quips. Like, something cool that he did in London. Like, you need a story. Like, yeah, when I was in London, and I was doing this, I always admired the city planning as I walked the streets, and uh, it'll be great to have the opportunity to... No, I got nothing. I got nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> well, in any case... It, it it looks it looks good. I have key flower, so I don't need another key flower. But maybe if you're a London person, you're super into that, or you just like hate that key flower art, which is legit. Some people don't like yeah. it. <laughs> I like it. I think it's cute. Yeah, I I think so. It's kind of cool, and it's cool to see him branch out. It's still called Key to the City, so it's got the key in there. But hey, here we it's are. It's like wink, wink. It's not Key, key Cathedral. It's not like in your face. It just shoves that down your throat. What What's the next one? Key Nundrum. That's what I would do if he's listening. That's if he listens good. to the podcast, Key Nundrum. It'd be like a deduction game or a puzzle game with with bidding yeah. and tile placement somewhere in Let's there. Let's do this. I could be a co-designer. You'd be a great developer, <laughs> Tiff. All right. Uh, Fantasy Flight actually has a lot going on, but I wouldn't dare talk about it because everyone falls asleep. Uh, the one thing that is interesting for their game, Letters from Whitechapel, the expansion Dear Boss was announced, which adds some new miniatures and some new modular additions where you can give um, either side can kind of get a boost depending on how you want to play the game. It I think it looks pretty cool. I actually really like Letters from Whitechapel. I think it's a great two or three player game. Me too. Have you played it at those counts, Tiff? Yes, three player. It's so solid to have like one person to bounce ideas off of. I think that when you have four people, two or three of you always get lost in the shuffle. I don't know. I kind of like getting lost in the shuffle sometimes, though. That's kind of my thing. So maybe that's why I like Keyflower, because it gives me the ability to do that on occasion. Or no, Keyflower. Letters from Whitechapel. Wrong game. My bad. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So this sounds pretty cool. I don't know. I haven't played Letters from Whitechapel in so long. I don't know that I should really buy an expansion to it. Uh, it. But it's a good game. No, you want to. I I mean, I kind of want to. It's okay. But you can buy it. It's probably not even going to be that expensive talking you Probably into not. it all right is it working i'm clicking order <laughs> right now no i'm not going to be tiff and buy games in the middle of the news segment oh so i'm going to be like tiff and buy games in the middle of the kickstarter spotlight segment which is up next I picked three projects, Tiff, and I have to say, caveat to Kickstarter. A lot of games on Kickstarter are bad. Really bad. 
That's the struggle and, with that Kickstarter finding business. Is there there are a lot of games out there. That's true. They're not all I have a great. process for how I find these games. And I feel like I've had this conversation with you before. Little inside baseball. Yes, I have a whole process and I won't I mean, I won't go that inside baseball with oh. it, but you know, basically the first two layers of my vetting process left me with two projects so i had to go hunting for a third just tell me your layers well i like to organize how i look for them because the show recording is delayed so i have to use a time base like anything under four days right okay from the time we record has to be chopped out which i didn't find anything in those four days anyway garbage get out of here perfect yeah my next layer when i'm looking at games within the time frame i found a game that's basically memory oh there's a game out there be careful because it's memory and it's got a weird fantasy theme on it oh fantasy theme memory I wonder if anyone's done a Cthulhu one. See, Cthulhu memory where, like, if you flip a tile and you get a monster and that's, like, a bad thing, that'd be interesting. No, you'd, like, go mad and eat a tile or something. (laughs) (laughs) No? It's like a legacy version of memory. Yeah, that tile is not included anymore. It's in Tiff's stomach. (laughs) Sorry. There's small tiles. Why? And they're flavored? They're like wafers? How, how come no one's done this yet? Flavored tiles that you eat as part of a game. I just invented that. <laughs> All right. We'll see if it's better than constructible dice games <laughs> as a thing. Anyway, now, so my just be careful when you're backing projects out there, okay? There are things to look out for. There are things that we, we need to do another Kickstarter episode to warn people again. Yeah. It's just, it's a rough world out there. There's still crap out there, everyone. We don't need a whole episode to tell everybody that, right? There's a lot of it, though. I just, I feel bad because I want to give every project the benefit of the doubt. Yes. But I've gotten really good at filtering through them. Yeah. My first impressions are typically on point. I trust you. What you should do, really, everybody, is just listen to this podcast. You don't have to filter out the, you're already listening. Why are we even having this conversation? Tell me about (laughs) Herbaceous. A flavorful, a flavorful card game. Yeah. Herbaceous is a game from Pencil First Games. They are the uh, company that put out Liftoff, Get Me Off This Planet, which was a cutesy little game that we reviewed on the site. And Gem Packed Cards, which everyone talks about Gem Packed Cards. I haven't played it. I don't know it. much about that, though. Is it Bejeweled the card game? I don't know. It just looks cute. It looks like it. Yeah, it looks like yeah, Bejeweled the card Yeah, it is very cute. Game, and it's adorable, but I haven't played it. So, But Herbaceous. Uh, this one, Herbaceous, will be ending on September 13th, so you've got some time. It has funded, and just so you know, its cost will be 19 bucks with free U.S. shipping. Now, what is the game actually? Well, it's from Steve Finn, who is behind Dr. Finn Games, designer of Biblios, so Todd can come back this game now. And it's got artwork by Beth Sobel, and the reason why I put those out there are that the game is pretty good looking Agreed. when you see it. It is. Kind of like Arboretum made you appreciate trees, this game makes you appreciate herbs like you never believed. Uh, it's it's beautiful, and mechanically, it's a fairly simple set collection game. It's got some push-your-luck in it, where basically you're revealing cards on your turn. You can put them in a public row or in a private row where you can kind of protect the cards. And then when you have cards in your private row, you can then use the public row to build sets. And sets get you points, and most points wins the game kind of thing. So it's fairly simple, but the price tag reflects that. And basically, I find it funny that this game is being billed one towards mothers because they're saying it's a great Mother's Day gift and you'll get it fulfilled before Mother's Day. And two, a lot of people are saying it's good for 
tea time or after dinner or for afternoon parties. It, it's got a very light theme, and it seems to lend itself well, according to the page and the reviewers at least, to like a light casual greeting meeting game kind of thing. How do you how do you feel about that kind of experience game, Tiff? Hey Matt, guess what? Oh my god, did I just get an email that says you backed Herbaceous? Yes. I've got it on reminder. So I mean for ninety bucks, I'm I'm all about that. I like that idea. And I don't know. There's a lot of good names on this project. I just noticed down here that Ben Schulman did the graphic design and instructions and I know him and he's a super creative, yep. awesome guy and I don't know. I like it. Yeah, and Pencil First Games is um Eduardo Baraf, who does Edo's game reviews and previews. Yeah. So he's like a a dude in the industry that you can that you can trust there. It seems to be vetted by kind of all the right people. I just like that it is, I don't know, it's this beautiful, soft artwork. I mean, the gameplay sounds pretty straightforward, and, you know, I, I like yeah, there's not a... card games. Just having yeah. easy playing card games laying around, take with me. I think it's one of those, like, filler game bag, or filler bag games where you just kind of toss it in. Yeah. It's good to break out for 20 minutes, you know? And I, I, this may be controversial, but I will say that a lot of games that I have for Board Game Club aren't as appealing to my lady players as they are to the dudes because they're a lot of times like in your face violent things and generally your average teenage girl's looking for something a little bit more pretty and this is very pretty so outside of i guess like adolescent males and females boys and girls do you think that this has like a pronounced feminine theme i don't want to go like other than other than girls who are like girls and boys who are a little bit more black and white in their critical thinking right like do you think that adults this would appeal more towards women than men well you know just thinking about like outside the gaming community you you know like if i'm showing board games to my grandma okay this is going to be something that she might be interested in i don't know if that's in a really nice my grandma's super smart but King of Tokyo is not going to appeal to the woman. Is it because she's a woman or because she's... Because she's old? Is that... I don't know. No, I think it... I don't know if she is old, so it's not <laughs> fair to say she's that. She's old. She's 80. She's like 30. She's 80. <laughs> I'm over 30. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think there's something to that, right? I, I think there is, too. I'm merely just posing a point i'm not trying to put you on the spot it just is it's interesting that this was billed i don't want to make anybody upset but i think you know it is a girlier theme i don't know too many dudes that have herb gardens and maybe that's because i have some really like stereotypical dude friends or nerdy guys that wouldn't plant herb gardens but i know ladies that have herb gardens that's all i'm saying that's my experience of the world i'm not saying all ladies like herbs or pastels well you're from ohio so (laughs) because we're so backward here in ohio in I mean, Columbus, really. Ohio. No, I think that to some extent the project follows that line of thinking in that this game is not being billed towards women. Yeah. But they do have like this so easy that my mom can teach it. And there's a mom, um, Ido's mom is teaching the game in the video. And it says it's a wonderful Mother's Day gift. And I do I do think that to some extent this appeals more towards the, the standard prototype individual who would be planting an herb garden is probably a woman yeah and probably a mom yeah (laughs) 
but no, I do not, you know, I don't think that that's a very open view, and I think that this appeals to a lot of people, because I've got it on reminder, I'll probably back it. You don't have to have planted an herb garden to back this game. No, 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 no. But it's one of those things, like, I wish... I could shoot magic spells out of my hands, so I play magic spell games. I'm trying to think of, like, I don't know. There are games that I've bought with a theme in order to entice certain people into gaming. Like, I'll buy baseball games to appeal to my dad because, I mean, he's never going to play games with me, but... I always have that hope in the back of my mind, and whenever a baseball game comes out, I'm like, I'm getting it, because maybe, just maybe, this will be the one that he'll be like, ooh, tell me more. So if you have someone who likes herbs in your life, whether they be your mom or not, I think this might be a way to do it, because there aren't a lot of these kinds of themes out there. That's true. Bam. Bam. A very insightful conversation here i appreciate that tiff thank you for indulging me in what was only described as a tangent i'm glad we spent 20 minutes on it then that is herbaceous you've got plenty of time to check it out 19 bucks pretty much a steal low investment go check it out our next game is merchants of araby from daily magic games and this is another one that i wish dan was here for because dan we received as a as the league a production copy but dan's our point man with daily magic so he's had the game and he has got a chance to play it so my perspective is not as well informed as dan's might have been but i do know and here's a plug for the the geek all-stars which dan was recently on you can go check their most recent episode they do talk about this dan gives some of his insights so feel free to check that out there and um i do know that he he enjoyed it so what merchants of araby is i'll give you the background information on it Like I said, it's from Daily Magic Games, who are the publishers of the Valeria series. Very successful Kickstarter games. This is a Kickstarter company. They've been doing really well. No major issues from them, so you can trust them. Uh, It's coming. It'll be ending on September 13th. It has funded, and it'll be 35 bucks with free shipping in the U.S. What this game is, is kind of an open negotiation game, and it's They call it investing, which I guess it is kind of investing, but essentially what you're doing is you are a prince or a princess in Araby, and you're trying to become wealthy by um, summoning jinn, making caravan investments, negotiating with the other people around the table, um, and having those pay out well by not having your stuff stolen. So it's got a very heavy negotiation element to it. Um, Outside of that, it's it's based around card play, where you're playing cards to gain certain things, certain benefits and goods and things like that, to place your camel meeples, a game with camels, hey, hey. So you know onto it's your, Exactly. Onto your caravan or other players' caravans. And then those caravans at the end of the round will be attacked by merchants or by raiders, and somebody's not going to get a payout that they thought they were going to get. And then you'll gain coins based on where you've invested your camels and what kind of goods you're you're selling off. So what I know from their conversation on the Geek All-Stars and from reading the page and knowing a little bit about it is that the negotiation here is kind of the heart of the game. Um, so, you know, Tiff, how do you feel about negotiation games? Because they're essentially social games without deduction. <laughs> you know? I don't usually do very well with negotiation games, but I don't rule them yeah. out because I, a, a long while back, a couple of years ago, I played Chinatown at Origins, which is a very open negotiation game game and uh, I enjoyed it so yeah I I wouldn't count this out I would definitely like to try it but I don't know if this would be the first thing I grab off of a shelf to buy all the time you know what I mean yeah but you know what does intrigue me about this is the box the box (laughs) yeah it's so cool the 
the box is cool because essentially what the box has is imagine the bottom half of any standard game box and then imagine a magnetic wrap that kind of goes around the game box. So it's like those magnet lid tops, except it wraps the whole game box. Yeah, it's like a sleeve. And what you, yeah, like a sleeve. And when you open it up, it becomes the board. You take the box out of it, and the board of the game is actually the cover of the game, which is kind of cool. Very cool. So good technology here. It also has a really nice insert that holds all your materials and camel meeples and some... I think the the artwork is quality. I don't know if I like the style. I'm still kind of getting used to it because this is a deviation from Valeria. They it's a whole new world. So this is the, their first game in this new world that they're establishing, and it's got a very different aesthetic than Valeria did. Yeah, I think it's good art though. I mean, it's it's done nicely. It looks good. Yeah, yeah, and I think that overall the production looks really nice in terms of both mechanics and like quality of the cards and things like that you're getting a lot for 35 bucks in the in the box you're getting player tents and different cards and camel meeples and this cool magnetic technology with the board so it seems like an innovative negotiation game Um, daily magic like i said has a good reputation with us at least because everything they've put out so far has been really interesting they do things differently and they've always been Um, kind of like open and honest with their production. We've never had an issue with them. So it's hard for me not to kind of instantly back this. I don't know if I need the game though, because my group does not like negotiation because they don't like me playing negotiation games. Are you a good negotiator? I think to some extent I am. I'm not super swindly and I don't like, I'm not a used car, car salesman, but I have been known to point people in the right directions and point out potential pitfalls and things like that like i just i play the social oh. game and it frustrates dan to, to, to no end that. because dan is a used car well <laughs> but i'll also do it in games that don't involve negotiation you, like i'll play i'll play the players in games that i shouldn't be playing the players so Evil. yeah ask my group about how tammany hall has gone or chinatown things like that it's not good i might get one play out of it you should find a new group to swindle that's true. I need to go from town to town, pulling things over, pulling the rug over people's eyes and winning Merchants of Araby. Anyway, <laughs> that, that's where that wow. conversation stalls out. I think it's an interesting project. I would check it out. Uh, it's plenty of time to take a look. It's got a nice price for U.S. shipping. Uh, if you like negotiation games, I wanted to check out. I got one more project for you, Tiff, and I know that you are not a huge... This is not a project for me. <laughs> yeah, you are not a huge word game person are you no never so i have been gradually growing my collection of word games away from scrabble because kel is a good scrabble player kel is a good speller i am not a good word game player but we have a lot of different word games because what i'm always after is a word game that does it differently so we've got a lot of the tim fowers games we've got paperback we've got um the hell's that game called We've got Paperback, we've got Dexacon, we've got uh, that game where you flip the letters over that I can't remember the name of, we've got Bananagrams, lots of different ways to do the word game thing without forcing me to spell 13 letter words, because I'm not good at that. So this is... I'm good at spelling, it just doesn't, word games don't interest me. Oh, okay, well I, I'm bad at them, so that's where this comes from. But how do you do word games with area control? That intrigues me slightly. So it's not hard area control, let, let me explain. So this is from 
uproarious games. It's called Word Domination, ending on September 21st. It has funded, and it's 30 bucks plus $3 shipping. So I say Word Game plus Area Control because essentially what you have is a grid of letters, and you are an evil mastermind trying to capture these letters because each letter is associated with an artifact or a, a building or something famous and special. So the C is a crown, and... Um, the V is this super vaporizer laser kind of thing. So imagine this like 70s uh, cult movie evil mastermind kind of thing, Bond villain. You have this grid of letter tiles and on your turn you take your cubes and you spell out a word. So you'll put your cubes on the letters that you're using and then your turn pretty much ends. The opponent, your opponents, take their turn. They spell a word and they lay their cubes out. Now, if you start your turn and you have two cubes of your color on a letter, you get to take the letter and keep it and nobody else can use it. But if someone else uses the letter that you used, they remove your cube. So you have to use letters in combinations that are unique and tough for people to use on top of. And if you're the sole person to use those letters, you get to take them and no one else can use them. So if I use the E twice and take it, you can't use E anymore. And you have to use those letters to try and stop me. That's clever. So it's this interesting way of trying to spell words, but also trying to use letters that other people don't want to use and things like that. It's different. And word games, like I said, with a twist kind of interests me. And I like the price. And it's got the same artwork as the guy who did... Burgle Bros. Or it's from this... Yeah, it's from the Burgle Bros illustrator, so it's got a great aesthetic to it. And Tim Fowers, who um, was associated with designed Burgle Bros, is actually friends with this designer, and they've worked closely together to kind of develop the game and produce it. So it's got almost kind of like a Tim Fowers feel to it. I actually thought it was his game when I started looking through it. So it's getting relatively positive reviews, although if you read through them, you can kind of read between the lines and see that not everybody was giving it like 100% stellar reviews. Some people are kind of a little more middling on it, but I, I watched the gameplay video and it actually seems pretty interesting. And word games like this are kind of infinitely replayable because it's all based on your vocabulary. You know, if you spell new words, you've got a new game, game uh, play out kind of thing. So I think it's cool. You're not feeling a tiff. You're not sold. Well, you know. I mean, it's got two things that I generally don't go for. Area control and word games. I just, and it's not even that I don't like either, like, I don't mind spelling. So it's not the word part of the word game. I just, and then for area control, I just suck at area control. I'm not good at it. And I, so every time I play one, I feel bad about myself. Well, I don't think this is super cutthroat area control. No, I know, and I it doesn't even sound that bad. I would play this based on your description. Yeah. So yeah. that's the most ringing endorsement I can give <laughs> of an area control word game. That's as good as it gets. If you're interested, I would check out the page because I think you get a better feel for how it goes, and my description was a little winded and, and jumbly. So check out the video. They've got a really good gameplay video that um, they play a couple rounds, and it all clicks really quickly. And I think it's a, a pretty interesting little game, and it's got a nice low price, which is where my Kickstarter backing is starting to fall, is like these lower than average games. I don't, I don't want to be paying 50, 60 bucks too often for a Kickstarter game. Right. So a game like... I think I'm right there with yeah, you on that. Like 20 bucks for Herbaceous, 30 bucks for this. I, I think that's right in the, the market where I'm willing to 
to take the Kickstarter risk because Kel just found out about my $175 Conan that's been sitting in limbo for two years now. They're finally going to ship it. She just found out about that just now? Well, because I was telling her about how the game hadn't been shipped for two years and she was talking about how it was ridiculous and she said, yeah, some people like have a lot of money tied up in this. And I was like, yeah, like me. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, I've been waiting on this. And, you know, they could just not deliver the game and that money would be gone. Yeah, that's happened to me before. I've lost $30 before in my life. That's not a big deal to me. I mean, it's a big deal, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Plus, I trust the company. Correct. So, anyway. It'll come. That game will come to you someday. Someday. We'll see. Better be good. (laughs) Oh, my. It'll be like myth all over again, Tiff. Oh, myth. Sad. Anyway, so those are my Kickstarter projects. Sorry that I did all the talking. Uh... I try to pick one. I always try to pick at least one game that Tiff backs instantly, and it seems I succeeded my my Kickstarter streak. Is my, I'm gonna make some cucumber sandwiches, play some herbaceous. Let's see if we make some Earl Grey. Twenty six news episodes a year, roughly. My goal is to get you to back twenty six games per year. That would be. I I don't think I've backed every single time we do a Kickstarter, but I usually do find one, and and especially if it's under twenty dollars. In my mind, if it's under twenty dollars it doesn't count (laughs) is it is it weird to think that because i kind of think that too i do i think that because i mean in in a i think about what i spend in a week like what i spend on coffee or just like weird random incidental things it's so easy for me to yeah to pick just like a daily habit and choose not to do that like a spent like a daily expense and just be like okay i backed herbaceous i'm not gonna go to starbucks this week yeah i'm not i'm not going to wawa and buying subs i'm gonna eat the food in my house instead or i just won't eat lunch because i backed herbaceous oh i need to tell you about my new method of handling lunch off air of course oh why is that a problem it's perfect for teachers oh it's not like r-rated lunch or anything but i i mean this (laughs) you've opened the door and now our listeners may want to hear tiff oh so I've been doing mason jar lunches, and maybe you've seen like salad in a jar before. It's a, like a thing on Pinterest, but sure it is. If you are into instant noodle cup kind of a thing, or like ramen noodles, but you want that to be healthy, okay. And so you buy mason jars, which you can get a whole box of them for like ten dollars at Walmart. Yeah. yeah. And then you put in like some bouillon and flavoring stuff that you like in the bottom and then frozen vegetables and whatever meat if you are into meat i use tofu and then uh noodles and maybe like some chopped green onions or a boiled egg or something like that on top you put that in a jar but you make five of them for the week and then you just eat like uh (laughs) then when it's lunchtime you boil some water pour it in shake it up instant noodle cup interesting and you know what's in it yes it doesn't have 8,000 grams of sodium. It's not going to kill like you. Like a cup of noodles. Yeah, it's got vegetables, it's healthy, and it's convenient because, like I said, you'd spend an hour on Sunday and you've got lunch for the week. And where do you store them? Do you have to freeze them? Can you just keep them in the just fridge? Just in the fridge. Hmm. Yeah, so you you just throw it in a lunchbox. You don't have to refrigerate it during the day either because you want the frozen vegetables to thaw by lunchtime. Yeah. And then you throw in your boiled water. How do you boil your water? Do you just microwave some Well, water? you can just microwave because, I mean, they're little, they're just like the smaller size candy jars. They're not giant ones. You get, you get the wide mouth ones. 
And okay. uh, yeah, you can just heat up a cup of water in the microwave or if your school does coffee and they keep a separate pot for tea. I have I have a little secret teapot in my room that not supposed to have an electric kettle, but... So I guess the only question I have about this new lunch thing is what do you do if you don't get a lunch? What? Because I don't, I don't eat lunch at work. You... I don't, I don't get one. Aren't you contractually obligated to have a lunch? Well, I, I have a time on a schedule that they can show my boss and say, see, Matt gets a lunch right here, but, um... Yeah, I, my job does not permit me oh. because I'm handling kids all day, so I never actually get to that lunch. That's unfortunate. Well, only 175 days to go, and then I can eat what I want. Wow. Okay. It's okay, too. We're always, as always, ending on a very positive, uplifting <laughs> note. We love, love doing this podcast. Thank you all for joining us for Boardcast News for September 1st. Tiff, that was a great tip, by the way. No problem. Anytime. I do fully like that tip. I might do that just for fun. Do it. If you want to find us, you can do so at Facebook by searching for the League of Nonsensical Gamers. You can shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. You can go to the BGG Guild number 2077, ask for a micro badge, contribute to the Keep Trade Burn segment that we'll be having at our live show on September 3rd at 11 a.m., or contribute your quick lunch tips in a in a forum post that tiff won't read you can also find us on instagram where if you post your lunch and hashtag nonsensical gamers i will see it and that'll be kind of like ingesting food um if i see your lunch i'm gonna start tweeting uh, pictures of my lunch at you (laughs) every day you can also uh, rate us on itunes google play or stitcher those are excellent places oh i didn't look for a review today damn it I work so hard. Well, you should rate us because then other people will see us and rate us and then Matt won't (laughs) read their review on the podcast. If you enjoy the content, we'd appreciate stars or hearts or whatever they give at those places uh, because it helps us get feedback for the show. It helps us move slowly up the ranks. Do you remember that time we were nominated for a Golden Geek because of our wonderful fans? I know, they're so great. I, I still relish that moment. It was so nice to know. It was... It was so close to an accomplishment. Yeah, well, I took it as an accomplishment. I wasn't. We're not going to beat the secret cabal. Are you crazy? It could happen. Grassroots, baby. We appreciate the feedback, though. You know, it helps us keep doing what we're doing because we don't do this for any other reason except that it's fun it's for and you. people seem to enjoy it. You out yeah. there. This is totally, totally for the listener. Uh, so feel free to rate us and review us. And on the full episode, I will read some reviews. If you ever want to reach out to us and chat with us, the best place to do that is on Twitter because that's connected to our phones and we never put those down. So Tiffany B, if you want to talk to you about what kind of noodle cup you have this week, where do they do that? I am at ineptgamer. By the way, what kind of noodle cup do you have this week? Well, I have three different kinds. I mean, it's more or less the same thing, but I change the bouillon. I mix it up. So I got a vegetable oh. one with a little bit of miso. I got a curry one with chicken broth. And then that I got a good. beef one with mushrooms. Oh, ah, okay. Now, you don't eat meat or? Uh, I eat meat. I just don't like meat very much and i like the way the tofu absorbs the flavors okay that's what i was thinking so that works out well extra firm tofu all right cool if you want to find dan you can do so by hitting him up on his personal account at scandalous underscore nad or reach out to all of us although dan helms the league's account at league nonsense if you want to reach out to me at cinnamon buns spelled phonetically 
Go listen to all of our other episodes until you hear how to spell that. We appreciate you joining us. We will see you for our live show, the two-year anniversary, on Saturday, September 3rd, 11 a.m. Be there or be square. Thank you all for joining us. Tiff, say goodbye. 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 Goodbye.